Howdy, this is Kevin Page. You might remember me as Bum on the TV show Dallas, the man who shot and killed J.R. Ewing. You're listening to the Dallas 40th Anniversary Celebration here on Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham. Enjoy the show, y'all. Previously on Dallas. Doesn't it even bother you that Bobby was shot? No, not really. No. He's not married to Pam anymore. He's a Ewing. Wondering? I'm not drinking. You are the coldest man I have ever met. You make J.R. Ewing look like a saint. Hi, this is Deborah Trinelli. You may remember me as Bobby Ewing's secretary, Phyllis Wapner, on Dallas. You are listening to the Dallas 40th Anniversary Celebration here on Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham. Enjoy the show. Greetings, friends and listeners. This is host Stephen Brittingham. I hope this finds all of you doing exceptionally well. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond. In addition, welcome to Hollywood and Beyond celebration of the 40th anniversary of primetime television's greatest and most epic show of all time, Dallas. Thank you for celebrating with me today by listening. I appreciate it. I have been celebrating this anniversary milestone over on the official Hollywood and Beyond Facebook page, as well as the official Instagram and Twitter pages, where I've displayed photos from some of the key moments from Dallas, those many unforgettable moments from the rich history of the show. I've been sharing them with you, and I certainly hope that you have been enjoying that. In addition, I've also been sharing some fun and interesting facts about Big D including some behind-the-scenes stories and also all of those unforgettable characters many of us still love and cherish today. Highlighting this celebration of Dallas is having some of those amazing cast members appear on the show. I feel very fortunate, and today I have not only one of the former cast members of Dallas, I have one of the iconic cast members of the show. She is a remarkable lady, And she is my extra special guest today. And she is not only tremendously talented, but multi-talented on so many levels. Uh, Actor, singer, and composer, 
writer and director, and believe me, folks, the list actually goes on and on. Back in 1981, when Lucy Ewing was preparing to wed Mitch Cooper over on South Fork Ranch, Mitch's sister attended the event with her mother and quickly caught the eye of J.R. Ewing, portrayed by Larry Hagman. And she would go on to experience many adventures on Dallas, including a relationship with J.R.'s biggest rival, Cliff Barnes, and becoming a friend of Pamela Ewing, and also sharing her lovely and beautiful singing voice. And she would also become a fan favorite and was involved with many historic moments from Dallas, including saving Bobby Ewing after a horrifying shooting. I am excited to take a trip back to Dallas today along with her, with the lady who brought Afton Cooper to life. Uh, welcome to the show, Audrey Landers. Hi, Steve. It's great to be on the show. It's wonderful to have you here. It's great to be speaking with you. I'm very excited and, and looking forward to uh, speaking with you today. Great. Well, you Audrey. Sound like uh, you have lots of good stories from Dallas talk about <laughs> <laughs> well i certainly hope so i've been very excited about this interview and definitely a true honor to have a such a remarkable lady such as yourself on my show and thank you for this opportunity i know the dallas fans in particular will be very excited out there and i'll tell you what um you know audrey uh family is very important to you you know your mother has been a big part of your career and I did want to ask you, though, when did all of this journey start for you, acting and singing and being artistic? Is there, is there a time back in your life where you go, that's kind of the moment that started everything? Well, I think I've always wanted to do, uh, to be a performer, and I've known that since I was three years old. I know it sounds strange, but I also noticed that one of my sons, he knew that that's what he wanted to do as well from a very, very early age. And so um, I really did know from the time I was just a very little girl. And I began acting in school plays and local theater and just getting as much experience as I could uh, from my the small town that I was living in in upstate New York. And then uh, on to soap operas by the time I was in my teens. So it's been something I've done my whole life. And as my mom has been right by my side through the whole journey, she's been my manager, my mentor, my best friend, um, <clears throat> unconditionally supportive in every way. Well, that's wonderful. And moms are, mm -hmm. as you know, Audrey, very special people. Um, I was raised by my grandmother, but I always called her mom, mm -hmm. so I have a soft spot in my heart for mm -hmm. moms in particular. Yes. Well, how nice. <laughs> That's a very cool thing. Well, thank you, Audrey. I appreciate it. And I'll tell you what, when I think of you, Audrey, as an actress, some of the uh, first things that come to mind is professional, um, deeply talented, and I know that comes from your commitment and work ethic behind the scenes. I mean, that's what my instincts tell me whenever I watch you perform, that there's a lady that is prepared. There is a lady that is dedicated and professional. And I wanted to ask you about your training uh, aspect of, of your journey as an as a, uh, actress and singer. Um, 
Could you share some of that with us as well? Sure. Um, well, uh, you were right <laughs> in assessing that I am kind of a serious and professional. I have a very professional attitude and um, less of a jokester attitude than some of my cast members had. But uh, it's all served me well, so I'm fine with it. Um, I started uh, taking acting lessons when I was nine or ten years old, even, starting at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York. And um, all the while that I was uh, acting as a child and as a teen star of a soap opera, I was also singing. And uh, I began writing music when I was about 11. Most of that was very much instinctive. And um, it wasn't until I got into my later teens that I started studying um, music. Uh, I went uh, part of the time to Juilliard and studied theory and composition. And I had already written some hit songs by that time, but it was really helpful to get the formal education and have a more classical approach, even though I was writing pop music and country music. Um, and so, yeah, the training has always been uh, part of it. I, I do think that instincts are truly important um, for any profession. If you have good instincts, you know, that's the basis. And then to be able to train and build upon those instincts and, and innate talents, of course, that, that certainly makes it for a more professional and better chances of success. I like that answer. And thank you for sharing all of that, Audrey. Instincts. I, I think that that is um, one of the uh, biggest assets for an actor. I, I think it's instinct. I think that can propel you to even greater results when you have the instincts and in, in, in how you go about um, your work and or portraying a character. And I'll tell you what, uh, before you uh, arrived uh, on Dallas as Afton Cooper, you had uh, some experiences on daytime dramas. Yeah, I actually started on my first soap when I was about 12 or 13. <clears throat> and oh, wow. stayed on that for a couple of years, yeah. And then I moved on to a show called Somerset, which I... Uh, was on uh, through my late teens and into college. I was going to college at the same time as I was doing my soap, um, which was a little challenging to say the least. Um, and that's uh, part of that time I went to Juilliard as well. So it was I was kind of a um, I don't know. I guess a multitasker. <laughs> uh, but it sounds um, like it. it yeah, kind of an A personality, an A type personality. Um, but I, as I said, you know, everybody goes about developing their craft in a different way. And for me, it's always been hard work to, you know, to do the hard work because I believe that it always pays off. Well, absolutely. I would have to agree with you definitely on that. And you are definitely an example of. Of, of what hard work can result in, no doubt about it. And so I'll tell you what, when you think about your audition process for Dallas, a couple <laughs> questions I have is what was the uh, general experience like? And were you told that this was going to be a short term uh, role, at least at that time? 
or were you told that it might develop into something bigger? And here's the big question for you, Audrey. Had you ever viewed the television show Dallas before the audition? <laughs> yeah, what an embarrassing question because, no, I had not seen oh, the show. My. It was already a hit uh, yes. for a year or so or, you know, about that. And a friend of mine, when I told him that I was auditioning for Dallas, uh, he said, oh, my parents watch that here. Let me get you some um some video uh, video cassettes of some of the episodes so you can catch up and, you know, <laughs> know the style and whatever, which was really nice and helpful. And so I did a little crash course on the, the style of the acting and so forth. And um, now up until that time, I had always played really wholesome characters. <clears throat> That's just I played wholesome characters all through my teens and did a zillion commercials in New York. And uh, it was always the wholesome girl next door. And of course, Afton was not even in the uh, initial episodes, clearly. <laughs> and so I remember borrowing a dress and uh, really looking, trying to make myself look a little more like a sex pot for the audition. And um, I did, really well i suppose but there were i mean every everybody was up for this role it was fantastic the show was great and the role was so much fun and um it came down to the wire between me and uh one other girl lisa hartman oh wow and uh and i remember you know the, i mean i knew her <clears throat> we were kind of friends we lived near one another in fact for a while we lived in the same building in la and um so I figured there's no way, okay, this is just, you know, major competition and who knows what's going to happen. And uh, sure enough, the weekend went by with no answers and I was just, you know, thinking positive thoughts the whole weekend. And then I got the uh, news, the good news on that Monday and um, the character was no was not going to have a long arc. It was only supposed to be two episodes. And so uh, the fact that the character <clears throat> stayed on for so many years uh, <laughs> was really an incredible, incredible uh, development. And the way it actually happened, to the best of my knowledge, I know when the, I know when it turned a little bit. I remember the one of the first couple days of shooting. <clears throat> I was uh, let's see, we had taken a lunch break, obviously, and I was very nervous because you know everyone was. It was a well-oiled uh, uh, group of people. It was just a you know very popular, and everyone knew one another. And I was the new sure. kid, and so uh, when. Everyone left for lunch. I stayed on the sound stage, which was then quiet and dark, and nobody was there because I found a piano in the corner somewhere. So to calm myself, I just started playing something I was working on, writing, and uh, all of a sudden, Lynn Katzman, who was the producer and director at the time, uh, just happened to be walking through carrying his lunch. And uh, he said, oh, that sounds really nice. What are you playing? I said, oh, it's just, I'm just writing something. I do that. It calms my nerves. And I was just so happy to have found this piano tucked away in the corner here. 
And that was pretty much the whole conversation. And he went on and sure enough, I got, uh, uh, they extended my role. And the next thing I knew I was written in as a singer. And wow. um, that's how they kept me in Dallas, you know, in the, in the storyline. So it was what an really amazing just, story. Yeah, it was a, an old Hollywood kind of story. I was thinking the same thing, Audrey. It's it's just mm-hmm. those stories where you're just doing something as as you described and um something that you enjoy and do so well and then the right person happens to come by and, and be become very intrigued and impressed. And, yeah, and then it I think opens it's just the idea just clicked in his head. He said, Yeah, oh, what a great Well, no surprise when you think about it, Audrey, Mm -hmm. because uh, Mm -hmm. that word instinct again, that's an example because Leonard, my goodness, the the genius and brains behind Dallas. I mean, this is the man that's making uh, the machine run properly on so many levels. Um, No doubt about it. And uh, such a huge part of Dallas uh, especially with production and development of the storylines. So that is a wonderful moment. And thank you for sharing that with us today. I really appreciate that. <laughs> and I, I tell you what, when I think of your entrance with the Ewings uh, in their uh, family room and, and they're waiting for you and the actress that portrayed your mother to arrive and, and there, when you, uh, when you enter, uh, I'll tell you what, um, you made quite an impression on me, and uh, no doubt millions of other people's as well. Um, just such, looked so beautiful, and I can still remember it clear as yesterday. And uh, Aww, uh, one you. of the things that impressed me about you, though, was just how so well you clicked with everybody. I mean, here is your first scene, Audrey. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. again, you are prepared. I get that. But there's Larry Hagman. There's Jim Davis. There's Patrick Duffy. Uh, all of them in there. Barbara Bel Geddes. I mean, uh, surely you had to have, I mean, for your first, you, you, with that scene, and surely you were like, wow, this is a wonderful opportunity. And congratulations, you, you, you nailed it. Well, thanks. But, you know, when <clears throat> I don't know how other people feel, but I never looked at it from that perspective. I never was saying to myself, oh, this is such a great opportunity. I really was just in the moment. No matter what I was doing, I was just, in that moment, 100%, not thinking about, oh, what, what is this going to mean or what could it become? It was just, okay, this is the scene and I'm in it right now and I'm going to do it 100% and give it my all. And that's basically, I never thought, you know, what could happen or where it came from or any of those things. I see. Well, another great answer, Audrey, because... Uh, you took an approach that worked, and um, I, I, any actors out there listening, they can't help but be inspired by what you're sharing with us today. I, I would certainly think so. And, and that episode, fittingly titled End of the Road, a two-part episode, Lucy and Mitch's Wedding, all kinds of things happened uh, on those episodes, Audrey. Uh, of course, we had the uh, big wedding at South Fork, which, uh, as you know, doesn't always um, mean that things will go well da- uh, down the road. And, uh, of course, Lucy leaving South Fork um, to uh, marry uh, your character's brother, Mitch. And a lot of things happened. And J.R. Ewing, he took quite the liking to your character. And uh, I noticed 
the chemistry right away uh, between the two of you. And uh, I just wanted to ask you, what was it like your first moments? And this is going way back. But when you think back to your first scene and moments with Larry, well, what was that experience like? <laughs> well, you have to understand that I mentioned earlier that the set of Dallas was a very happy and uh, easy set. And the, the original characters who were there always were joking, Larry and Patrick especially. And so for my very first scene, the first day on the set ever was at 7 a.m. in bed with JR because we filmed out of <laughs> sequence. And yes. so that was my first scene. There was Larry. You know how TV does it. You know, you have the covers pulled up to your shoulders. So shoulders are bare. So it looks like, mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> Larry's under the covers wearing his uh, jeans, giant belt buckle, and big boots. And um, so it's, you know, the magic of TV, of course. And uh, so the first scene at the opening is where, uh, I don't know if you'll look at the scene again, but that's the scene when they're in bed at the wedding. And uh, JR kind of rolls back. That's how the scene opens. Well, in the set, in, in the scene, there's an ice bucket with champagne and whatever. So Jared, uh, Larry decided to play a joke, which I was not aware of. <clears throat> and uh, so he apparently took a giant handful of ice cubes. And as the director uh, <laughs> sets the scene in motion, Larry dumps this handful of ice down my back oh and my. the scene begins <laughs> oh my goodness. and i the consummate professional do not react of course <laughs> i wanted to scream and shriek and jump up but hey this is my first moment and i don't know what's gonna happen so i try <laughs> to continue this scene with this frozen back and um but obviously everyone on the set was in on the joke, so they ended up cracking up laughing and calling cut, and uh, that was how they broke the ice, so to speak. <laughs> yes, literally broke the ice. Right. What a great story. <laughs> I've heard about uh, all the uh, pranks and, and mischievousness mm -hmm. that uh, Larry and Patrick were often mm -hmm. involved with, and that's just another mm -hmm. classic example right there. I'd never heard that story. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was well, fun. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it had to be fun. And, and wow, I didn't expect that to be your first scene. But you're right, Audrey. Things are often filled out of a sequence or order. For those of, that don't, mm -hmm. aren't aware of that out there, that is often the case. So mm -hmm. uh, how interesting that was your first scene. And I mm -hmm. wanted to ask you, uh, when you think back to uh, the reception and wedding, you know, those kind of episodes, Audrey, some folks may not be aware, but they can take a long time to film. I mean, especially wedding episodes. Like, it, it can be an all-day thing. And, and uh, Do you remember anything in particular about the filming aspect of the uh, reception and the wedding? Well, you know, whenever we filmed outdoors in Dallas, it was in the summertime in at least 103-degree weather and humidity. So it was always super, super hot. Plus, they always had lights. And so... Um, 
the men always had extra shirts right on set outside to change into. And uh, the women were, we had ice packs, speaking of ice again, um, <laughs> anything to try <laughs> to keep cool. Um, so, yeah, the, the hours, of course, were long, but it was also very hot in Texas in the summer. Yes, I I have heard about um, uh, mm-hmm. filming uh, many episodes when when uh, the cast was there in in Dallas filming. That on some days it was just scorching, and in between oh, yeah. takes they had to you know wipe the sweat down and and you know I've I, and sometimes when you see a certain scene, I kind of go you know that looks like an awfully warm scene. <laughs> you, you know, you just kind of mm-hmm. pick up on things like that. And but I have to tell you, Audrey, don't you think that added so much to the show when they did film in the city of Dallas? Oh yes, of course, because you have the locations, and it was you know truly authentic in that sense. But since we didn't film everything there we had a duplicate of the entire uh, exterior of south fork on the set in in los angeles so there was a duplicate inside a studio with a swimming pool and a backdrop of the field with the horses and uh, the driveway up and the, the yellow awning it was all a, a duplicate right there so that we, we could continue some of our uh, scenes that would, you know, that were possible to film indoors, you know, that had to look outdoors, that had to look like we were in Texas because we only had a few months uh, every year in Texas. Such an adventure and uh, that Dallas was for the viewer and no doubt for all of you that were, uh, participated on the show. For me, it was especially uh, um, important in my career um, as I, as you know, I said, I'd been acting my whole life since I was a child. But, of course, Dallas was known the world over. And then when they wrote me in as a singer, uh, I had the opportunity to sing songs that I wrote. So I would write the songs for Afton. And I would write them uh, based upon what the storyline was at that time. So it would have a more poignant meaning when Afton would sing it to Jr. or to Cliff or whatever. So um, it was really, you know, great for my writing, for my writing skills. And as a result of that, um, I had uh, a producer from Europe uh, reach out, and we had a a really um, important partnership for many years. And my mom and I would travel, oh my goodness, every other weekend for several years to Europe because I had hit records all over Europe. And so it was really, even though I had been singing my whole life, and I even had a little country hit record when I was in my teens here in the U.S., it wasn't until uh, Dallas and these big European hit records came out. So uh, it was, you know, it it really um, propelled my career in more than one direction. And it was pretty very exciting time here in the U.S. People knew me as you know, an actress and Dallas was wonderful and certainly well-known, but in Europe, it was a whole different story. I had <laughs> gold and platinum albums. And when I would wow. go there for my tours, my, my mom and I had to have lots of security. We had people camping outside my hotel room. I mean, it was really a, you know, a whole uh, different kind of career. So sure. um, it was, it was 
really an exciting time on both continents. Wow. So like you just uh, described so well, I mean, this propelled you on many levels with your singing, not just Mm as involved with your acting. So um, which reminds me of that word I used to describe you earlier, multidimensional. Um, and that's a perfect example. You had your, your singing career as well that was definitely uh, on, on moving upwards in such an exciting way. Uh, that is just fantastic. And, and congratulations on such a successful singing career. And, uh, <laughs> Thanks. Uh, such a beautiful voice. I always enjoyed the scenes when they would show Afton singing at uh, one of the clubs. And mm-hmm. I always found that to be uh, uh, something that I enjoyed about the character. And the fact that you were really singing, you know, that it was your voice and uh, that, that also made it uh, extra enjoyable. And, well, before and I ask, <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. I mean, whoa, <laughs> there you go. And I'll tell you what, before we uh, venture into the character's relationship with Cliff, which I just, I have some very interesting questions for you. And a couple I've never even heard anybody ask you before, as far as I know. But I wanted to ask you about... Uh, when you think back to working with Jim Davis, because you did have some scenes where he was at least in the scene, um, Mm -hmm. when I think of Jim, Audrey, I think of a man that worked so hard to make a name for himself in the industry, and he finally got it as Jock Ewing, the head of the family. Man, was a, a, a role ever intended for him, it would be Jock Ewing. And boy, he made it just so uh, outstanding. But it's very sad to think that it was only for a few years. But uh, it, it is good to know that he at least achieved what he worked so hard for. And I was just wondering, when you think back to working with Jim, if what stands out in your mind? Well, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of interaction with Jim. Although we were in the same episodes and often in the same room in the scenes, we really didn't have much interaction. So um, I didn't have that opportunity, sadly. Um, When he passed, you know, uh, I ended up inheriting his dressing room. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's a very interesting thing because I always felt when, when we each got our own permanent little home, our dressing room on the soundstage, you know, we had the opportunity to do some decorating and make it feel like our own. However, I always felt that this was Jim Davis's and I never wanted to change it. Now, it certainly was not my style. It was old cowboy style, dark wood and paneling and a big heavy sofa. But just because I felt like I well, I felt his presence, and I, and I felt kind of honored, I suppose, that I was taking over his place, and in, in, you know, his, his dressing room, and I just felt oddly that he was there, and I didn't want to change any of it. So I kept it as it was all the years that I was on the show. I kept it as Jim Davis had uh, decorated it. I think that's a... That's a beautiful tribute to him. I feel like that's what you were doing. You were honoring his memory, <laughs> and you felt his presence, his spirit. Uh, um, so I really uh, commend you for that. I think that's a wonderful thing to do. Um, and thank you for sharing all of that uh, with me. I appreciate mm. it. And, and I have to tell you what, Audrey, I just can't wait to ask you the next few questions. 
Okay. You want to know why? Is because, well, first of all, I'm having such a wonderful time speaking with you. But second of all, um, you more than anybody else, with the exception of maybe Victoria Principal, but I think you more than anybody else can answer the next few questions the best. I really do. Okay. And when you think of the beginning of Dallas, Jr. was rising in power. He wasn't already necessarily at the top. I mean, his own family wasn't even aware of some of the stuff he was doing. If you remember, Audrey, Bobby used to be shocked <laughs> when he when he right. first found out. Now, he would get a little bit used to it as, as time went on, <laughs> but it did take sure. him a while. And I thought that was brilliant to have Jr. rising in power instead of making him already at the top. Uh, just so many wise decisions. But I'll never forget his first scene, Audrey, and that is him sitting on his desk with his secretary coming in. And there is Cliff Barnes uh, on the news at a press conference, and he's talking about the oil industry, and obviously it affects the Ewings. And there you go. We are seeing the first glimpse of this long-time feud between the two families, the Ewings and the Barnes, but more particularly J.R. and Cliff. I wanted to ask you, Audrey, uh, working with Ken Kerchival, uh, such a talented actor. I, 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 just, I just thought his performance overall in Dallas was just brilliant, actually. And one of the things I love about Dallas is that characters changed. Even your character, which we'll discuss later, how she changed over time into a different sort of person. But Cliff, mm -hmm. when he first was on the show, Audrey... In particular, right before his character met yours, he was trying to beat the Ewings by, you know, committees, uh, eventually politics. As a lawyer, he was trying to do it the right way. And mm -hmm. isn't it interesting to think that when it all is said and done, he wound up becoming a person that he didn't want to be, which was more like Jr. than he ever thought he would be. It's kind of like if you can't beat him, join him. And to see Ken portray Cliff change and become more vain over time and, and more obsessive. I mean, frankly, I find it so fascinating, the uh, obsessiveness of his feud with Jr. And you were a part of that, Audrey. You got to see Cliff change more and more. And I just wanted to ask you, what was that experience like uh, as an actress and also just as an individual? What your thoughts are on that? Well, I think it's... Uh when you're on a show for so many years, I think the way that the writers and producers have to sustain the show is by giving the characters a great storyline to follow. And um, especially, you know, on Dallas, which was portraying characters that really were so much bigger than life. Um, it was just, uh, I think it was an obvious kind of turn to keep the audience interested uh, I enjoyed acting with Ken. I mean, he's a terrific actor. He's so talented and he's very, very spontaneous, um, which as an actor playing opposite him keeps you always thinking and always working because it's never the same twice. <laughs> and, um, and you two so had such it, wonderful it, chemistry. It, I, we I just, had great chemistry. You we sure loved did. working together. And we had great scenes together. I mean, our storyline, you know, I, I, in the beginning, I was working for JR poisoning Cliff, okay? Yes. <laughs> and so, 
uh, how things turned there. So, I mean, my character also had an amazing transformation. And uh, I'm in some instances, I kind of liked her better as the bad girl. But there was <laughs> probably a lot more to work with once she became uh, so invested in uh, the life of Cliff in that she really loved him and so emotionally invested. You know? Yes. So I think it really gave the character a lot uh, of depth and a lot of places to go because there are so many pos- If you're a shallow character and you're just kind of sleeping with JR because you're a gold digger or this or that, there's mm, nobody cares. You know, the audience doesn't care about you. But as soon as they see that you have emotional, uh, an emotional attachment or that you fell in love and you, you have feelings, all of a sudden the audience can empathize with you no matter what bad things you've done. Well, so I'll tell you what. You, uh, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, no doubt about it. And, and, and you mentioned that, yeah. Uh, Afton was uh, helping JR with some schemes against Cliff and... You know, when mm-hmm. Afton first arrived, you know what? She started to like uh, this, uh, you know, some of these uh, people in Dallas. And she saw opportunities mm-hmm. of, of, of money, uh, you know, trying to better mm-hmm. herself, obviously. You know, material goods, you name it, a singing career. And it's interesting to, to think about what Afton would have been like before she arrived in Dallas because it's pretty clear that she suddenly started to to, to look at life differently <laughs> the more she was around Jr. And yet, yeah, and, and I think what happened was she looked at everybody differently. But all of a sudden, she actually started to care for the people in her life, and it wasn't just a matter of being there for uh, whatever <clears throat> she could get out of it, which is kind of what the gold digger aspect was when she first came on the scene. But then she actually started to care for all the people in Dallas. Yes. She sure did. Um, I think Affin actually has a very big heart, uh, especially mm-hmm. the more that she's on the show. And and again, that's what I love about Dallas is that characters, just like we do in life, go on a journey. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's mm-hmm. a, a beautiful thing uh, artistically, no doubt. And I'll tell you what, Audrey, before I get back to um, to Ken – I did want to mention a moment that kind of changed things for Afton. And I just want to know what your thoughts are uh, when you think back to this scene. And it's a scene where Jr. came into the nightclub that you were at. And he was uh, very upset with Afton. And he wanted you to um, do something that you did not want to do at all. And um, you're the, the actor that portrayed your brother, the character Mitch, he comes in and he, uh, he decks Jr. And um, mm-hmm. Jr. tells Afton that you know, you know, you basically your days are numbered in this city. And I remember that that was kind of the moment where Afton was like she was done with being a part of Jr. schemes. Mm-hmm. It and, sounds like that was the moment. <laughs> yes, I think that was the moment. Afton, you're a little early for the show. Yeah, good news for you. My recording contract. Well, no, not exactly. Talked to Milton, arranged for you to have the weekend off. Oh? I thought you might enjoy a nice little vacation in the Bahamas. With whom? Vaughn Leland. Gotta keep that man happy. Not with me. Not anymore. No, honey, I told you. I want to keep him happy. J.R., I've done all I'm going to. I can't stand to be near him. I thought you wanted that recording contract. 
No, I do. But not that badly. Besides, I don't even think there is a recording contract. Oh. I don't want to back talk. I want you on that trip at all. No way, Jose. After. No more games, honey. I've been paying you damn well for what you've been doing. You're much better off with me as a friend. Now, come on. Jerry, let go of me. I told you. Now, go home and pack your bags in here. Just let go. Mitch, Mitch, please, just stay out of this, okay? I'm warning you, Ewing. Stay away from my sister. Stay away from her. You're going to have to use a microscope to find her from now on. You're finished, honey. Last night was your final performance. There's a million tramps like you around. I'm just going to have to find myself another one. Sometimes it's kind of nice to have a big brother, you know. This is a great opportunity before I get back to Ken, because believe me, I have a, definitely a few more questions about working with him. Mm-hmm. But I have to mm-hmm. tell you, Audrey, I have been fascinated by the character of Mitch Cooper. And I'll tell you why. I admire and respect the fact that, that the character wanted to make his own money and, and, and you know, mm-hmm. he wanted to pay his own bills. He wanted to do everything mm-hmm. on his own. I mean, who cannot respect yeah. that? But I think that what makes it interesting is that he didn't have much flexibility when it came to his approach. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. And it was, it, it was like a, such a big part of the character that, uh, that he just wasn't able to, you know, loosen up a little bit, you know, if someone was willing yeah. to help him. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering what your uh, experiences was uh, working with uh, the actor that betrayed your brother. He did, a, he did an outstanding job. Uh, Lee McCloskey. Lee McCloskey was beautiful. Yeah, he was a beautiful actor, beautiful young man, beautiful, you know, and he's an amazing artist uh, in many ways, Um, not just as an actor. He's actually an artist and so, so talented. Um, And um, I always loved working with him. We had a, you know, nice friendship. I'll tell you what, you guys uh, had some great, great scenes together, and thanks for sharing that. I always found it interesting that he just wasn't willing to be a little bit more flexible, but at the same time, you had to admire the character's um, determination to be a self-made man. Right, yeah. And I Mm -hmm. I really like that. Yeah, very good qualities for the character to have. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, getting back to Ken... Um, you know, at first you were, you know, not so much interested in the character, uh, Afton Cooper, that is. And then eventually that would change and, and you two became a couple. And, and you know what, uh, Audrey, wow, talk about a woman standing by her man. Uh, Afton put up with so much and, and not coming first at times when she really should have been. Maybe not feeling appreciated, I would assume. Uh, all of those mm-hmm. things. But she waited and waited because uh, she really loved Cliff and believed in him. So um, I have to uh, uh, say that you did an excellent job showing the frustration that the character was uh, experiencing. And, um, but I have to tell you on a lighter note, Audrey, mm-hmm. I'll never forget those moments when Cliff would say, you know, there's a new restaurant in town. And you would instantly say, Cliff, please, not Chinese again. And <laughs> anytime you, I think there was a few times you said, you know, as long as it's not Chinese, there's always a very humorous moment. Yeah, well, it, it all, that actually stems from the fact that every time we would have a scene where we were sitting around, you know, in his apartment or my apartment or wherever, 
and we would be eating Chinese takeout out of the little cardboard boxes, he would always order something, this is in real life, <laughs> with noodles <laughs> in it. So it would be so hard for me to eat it. It was just, it was always a joke. That he, oh, he was always ordering the Chinese food to be eaten uh, during the scene. <laughs> it was funny. But you know what wow. you mentioned about how um, Afton stood by her man? Yes. To this day, I do a lot of uh, performances. In fact, I recently had a, a really wonderful show with the Pops Orchestra, and I did a whole hour of the Great American Songbook. And um, one of my introductions to one of my songs is exactly what you were talking about, about Afton, because I talk about stories from the set as well. I, I weave them through my um, performance. Um, and so uh, the lead-in was exactly that, how my fans would say, he's just no good for you. Why do you stay with him? And uh, just uh, it was just funny that it made I realized how much of an impact that made on the fans, and I still talk about it, and my fans still love hearing about it to this day. Wow, that that is something else, and thanks for sharing that. Now, that has to be a lot of fun, and she definitely did stand by him. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. And I used to get frustrated as a viewer, going, "Cliff." You know, you better uh, open up your eyes here and, and see what an amazing, beautiful woman you have because, um, uh, you know, it's not like um, you should be taking that for granted, I wouldn't think. But he was so obsessed with his feud with Jr. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering in general, Audrey, and I know there were so many moments, but, you know, there were some moments where he would – the Cliff would get very angry when, when he was discussing mm-hmm. his feud with Jr. And and mm-hmm. even at times despondent, I thought, I, like from an acting standpoint, he brought mm-hmm. the character down. And it was just fascinating to see the two of you in those scenes. Um, oh, we enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun working together. Well, you sure did. And, and it makes me think of um, uh, uh, some funner times and happier times when you, uh, your character Afton and Cliff and Pam and Mark, you guys were quite the foursome. Swimming, mm-hmm. cookouts, Mark's awesome car, uh, lots of fun times. And I thought that was an, a, very, a very enjoyable time on the show to see all of you as like this close-knit unit. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for reminding me because there are lots of things that seem that uh, now you're kind of jogging my memory as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, it makes me think of the actor John Beck because I always had a soft spot for Mark Grayson. I, I really liked the character. Um, mm-hmm. uh, although uh, Bobby Ewing, most definitely, is just one of my favorite characters of all time as far as a male primetime character. I just love the character of Bobby Ewing. But I always liked Mark Grayson and... And John did such a great job. Um, do you have any particular memories of, of working with uh, John? Oh, John was a wonderful, wonderful man, really a, a, a true gentleman. And we always enjoyed our scenes together. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, you guys had a lot of fun. And, and this might be a great time to ask what your experience with Victoria Principal was like, because obviously Afton and her became actually quite close. Yeah, we we actually got along very well. You know, there were always these silly rumors and articles that would say that the women are competitive and that they don't get along, but truly it was a harmonious set. 
And I think, and part of it was because, you know, each of these women were so uh, beautiful, talented, and confident that there was no need for any of silly uh, competition or or any kind of um, mean girl attitude. Everybody (laughs) got along well. Yes, and so many amazing women characters on this show. I mean, just to me, so many strong women um, Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, a lot of people talk about the the male characters, but the women were just absolutely outstanding, and I think that's a beautiful thing. And um, I'll tell you what, when uh, this is, uh, we're about to discuss a historic Dallas moment, and you were a a big part of it, uh, Audrey, and that would be the moment that Cliff has his major downfall in his ongoing uh, uh, battle with J.R. Ewing, and he had the overdose, and you know, the big cliffhanger, and and then, you know, Cliff just fell so far, and Ken just did an outstanding job. And again, like I mentioned earlier, became very depressed, very despondent. And I still remember a scene, Audrey, where you told him, why don't we just stay home today and we can hang out? I can read, you could watch TV, we can just be together. And it just reminded me just what a beautiful uh, uh, heart you know, Afton had, and um, but unfortunately, Cliff was in this situation. And when you think back to to those scenes in the hospital, and what was that like mm-hmm. for you? Well, you know, but you you're looking at it from the audience's perspective. Okay, so I look at it, and I think what great writing it was, and it, an interesting storyline. And I was really pleased that they gave Afton. Uh, so much depth, whereas in the beginning she was so just nothing more than a lot of fluff. And um, so I really enjoyed having the opportunity to uh, play her with uh, real character and as a caring person. And um, so these scenes were, were great. And, you know, you can't help but get into them a little bit as you're feeling the emotions of the day. And so, yeah, it was, it was very heartfelt. Yes. And you and the other cast members involved in those scenes, it was, it was very moving. It was very touching. And Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, I get emotional just thinking about it. I I just, I really sympathized with Cliff at that time. Just, uh, but you know what? Uh, Unfortunately, when he recovered, he would go down a path again of, 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 becoming obsessed with his battle with, with J.R. So, um, right. but yeah, I want to say you guys did a beautiful people, job. Thanks. Well, I do think a lot of people can relate to that. I mean, we all have our own demons that we have to fight. And yes. I think that seeing um, a character that you watch, especially on a show like Dallas, where the audience has been involved for so many years, uh, you really get to know these characters as people. And you can relate to, identify, empathize, and, you know, I think a lot of people can either gain strength from these characters, as I know some of my fans actually did. I used to get letters uh, saying you gave me the courage to stand up for myself, things like that. And so, although it's meant purely as entertainment, when you have a show that has such a long-standing and loyal following, the characters become part of your life. 
yes. And, and Dallas was full of amazing and, and so many unforgettable characters. No doubt about it. And speaking mm-hmm. of characters, uh, Audrey, uh, once again, Afton was involved in a very big scene. And that was the uh, episode near the end of an episode. I'll never forget it where she had to break the news to Pam about the plane crash involving her mother, uh, Mm. Rebecca. And it was just such a heartfelt moment. And I actually remember watching that as it originally aired, Audrey. Let's just say it wasn't too long ago. How about that? But um, (laughs) I I remember it. And um, it was just a really uh, uh, gripping moment. As always, you did an excellent job in the scene. And I was just wondering, what, is it, what was it like working with uh, Priscilla Pointer, who portrayed uh, Cliff's and Pamela's mother? Oh, I loved Priscilla. She was a wonderful actress, and she was great to work with. And, you know, we had a nice time when we were on location together. So, uh, yeah, I liked her a great deal. And I'm, I wish she had had more to do on the show, because we really had a good time together. Well, before I speak about a huge moment on Dallas, and that would involve the shooting of Bobby Ewing, uh, such a gripping mm-hmm. uh, cliffhanger, really one of my favorite cliffhangers. But then again, I probably would say that about a lot of the other cliffhangers. I mean, yeah. Nobody did a cliffhanger yeah. like Dallas. But that one mm-hmm. was very um, – I remember when I first saw it, it was, sh- it was literally shocking uh, because that's JR's office. But it was Bobby in the chair, and, and, and mm-hmm. what a way to end the season – um, so when you, uh, think back to that, uh, scene where you walk into the office late at night, um, just wondering, um, uh, were you excited that it was your character that would find Bobby Ewing? <laughs> um, I was excited. Well, yeah, I, I guess I never thought about it, but it was, um, a great moment for the character for sure, because it's, Yes. Even more um, juicy stuff to play off of. And, um, <laughs> and also, it was an integral part of the story. So, uh, yeah, I never really thought about it. But uh, in retrospect, I probably was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about it. I mean, they could have had somebody mm-hmm. else, but it was you. And I just thought that was uh, uh, awfully, yeah. uh, awfully exciting <laughs> that it was your character. And, uh, and, and, and thank God, because that uh, could have turned out to be a different type of situation, uh, being so mm-hmm. late at night. And I'll tell you what, Audrey, this makes me think of the shooter. And I'd say that because your character developed great instincts. And there's that word again, instincts, about other characters. And, and here's what I mean. As far as I can remember, Audrey, it was your character that first caught on to uh, Pam's sister, and um, uh, uh, Catherine, that she maybe mm-hmm. there's a little bit more than meets the eye here. She didn't trust mm-hmm. her. It wasn't just dislike. It was like this person's really up to something and no good. And it was your character. I remember several scenes where you would tell other characters. They didn't even seem to really catch on for quite some time. And then you right. used to also warn other characters about JR. And I loved how you did this, Audrey. A character would be kind of downplaying a threat about JR, and you would say, No, 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 no. You don't want to mess with him. And you always just did a great job in those moments. But I'm just wondering mm-hmm. um, your, your scenes with Morgan Brittany, uh, just what comes to mind? Oh, they were lots of fun because they were so 
they were just so full of conflict always. <laughs> and there was always an underlying tension if it wasn't on the surface. Uh, so, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'll tell you what. You know, sometimes uh, it just comes up to where uh, it's time to, to move on or, or unexpected situations happen. But mm-hmm. in this case, when you uh, first left Dallas, which I have to tell you, I know I speak with for millions of other people, uh, was sad to see you go, uh, first of all, mm-hmm. because I was going to miss uh, your presence on the show because you mm-hmm. have enormous uh, screen presence, not just on Dallas, Aww. but all the other projects. I mean, it's Audrey Landers. It's like, wow, uh, <laughs> such nice screen presence. And, but I have to tell you, those final moments uh, with uh, the character of Cliff at that time, and mm-hmm. it was an interesting scene because your character said to him, don't you even care that Bobby was shot? And Cliff said, no, he's a Ewing. And he offered you a drink and you said, I'm not drinking with you. And, um, and then you said something that's just always stuck with me. And, and she said, you know what, Cliff? You are the coldest man I've ever met, but you make J.R. Ewing look like a saint. And you left. Yeah. And the look on, on Cliff's face, the character. And it was interesting to me because you were saying what Cliff had actually become. Because deep mm-hmm. down, he probably did care. But this is who he has become. And I tell you what, it was just such a powerful moment, those final scenes. But what was that like, um, knowing that that was like your final scene? Well, you know, it, it was kind of um, it was bittersweet because I was leaving the show uh, for a break to do the movie the chorus line. Yes. So it was for it was mutually agreed upon, which was very nice because we all had contracts. And so, and I was also very excited that they were leaving the door open for me to return. So that was kind of an agreement. So it, although it was. Um, a sad moment in my personal life. It was an exciting new start for me on something else. And, um, I was very, uh, I was really looking forward to doing a character that wasn't Afton. Um, because as an actor, that's really important to make sure that you don't get totally typecast. And here I have this amazing role in, uh, um, at the time, the quintessential dance movie. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, as as I said, it was bittersweet. It's, I would I knew I was going to miss my time on the show, but I knew that the door was open, and that I was opening another door to doing something very exciting. And you did an excellent job, um, a course line, no doubt about it. Um, yeah. Is there a challenge to portraying a character over an extended period of time, Audrey? Uh, um, if you love the character. You know, and it's uh, has uh, interesting storylines. I'm sure that that has to, a lot to do with it. But how do you keep it fresh or keep it strong? I think there's a great advantage to playing, uh, creating a role that has a long life to it. I have I to agree with you. Outside, yeah. I mean, on the outside, of course, you run the risk of uh, the audience perception, the public perception, that that's the only character you can be known for. I mean, right. who in the world would ever think of Larry Hagman after he did Dallas? Is anyone except J.R.? And fortunately for him, the role was so lucrative and uh, fulfilling that it didn't really matter. But it's not as if 
he, it would be very easy for him to have gone from playing Jr. Uh, to playing some detective on a in a movie, or you know what I'm saying? Yes. It would have been yes. harder for the audience to accept him and for the industry to cast him as that. So it, it is kind of a, a double-edged sword. Sure, and like you said, if it, you see the character change, like yours did, and mm-hmm. and even J.R. Ewing, uh, Audrey, think about how much more emotion uh, that the character showed over the years. He became even mm-hmm. more emotional. And to me, J.R. Ewing is a multidimensional character because underneath, I always felt that the character was a deep-feeling character. And uh, anytime we got to see that from Larry in a scene, I always found that very touching. Um, yeah. I did so want to ask you, though, because, again, you're the perfect person to ask. You, you got some of these looks. And that is that, uh, that, that stare, that look that uh, the character would have when, when, it be, when he became very intense in a scene. Um, I'm just wondering, what was that like to experience that? Um, I think that it helps as an actor to really get into the role you're playing so that you have something strong to play off of. So it's always terrific when you have an actor that uh, is into his character and who... <laughs> is intense and uh so you know we were we had a, a, a you know i think everyone knew their characters and everyone was you know we were all not afraid to just play into whatever that scene was throwing at us i think everyone gave it a great amount of intensity um so that there were great contrasts in the emotions and it ups and downs, and I, I think it was. Um, I think that added to the excitement that the audience felt. You know, for me, it was a, a, a lot of fun playing Afton, obviously, and it was a, a very, um, you know, it was a, a long arc for that character, whether for the first four years and coming back, and. Um, so for me as an actor, it was always important for me to be doing uh, other parts during that time. And as I said, I loved doing chorus line. And um, it's it's great to be able to uh, stretch and reach out and do other things so that you are not typical, you're, you're not typecast. <laughs> yes. Um, and... I always felt very fortunate that I was able to do it because I also had my music, which was this big worldwide success. And although I was still on Dallas, I wasn't playing Aspen when I was recording and and doing my concerts all over the world. So, you know, I always had that balance so that I never got caught up or stuck in the character. Well, that's a fascinating answer. And thank you for sharing that with me. And, uh, before I get into uh, Afton's return and I have a couple questions, I just wanted to get your personal opinion on this because I've never heard you um, speak about it. Of course, it doesn't mean you haven't, but um, I'm just curious, just a personal opinion, that when you found out that Patrick Duffy was leaving the show, did you feel any concern that such an important character would, would be gone, that one of the Ewing brothers is gone and – uh, I mean, what, what was your just your personal reaction to that? You know, I just kind of would go with the flow. I had to trust that the 
writers and producers knew what they were doing. And it was just an, another storyline, really. Yes. I mean, of course, we would all, you know, we all enjoyed working together, but I never, I didn't really get involved in the reasons that uh, they did what they did. That wasn't my area. Sure. I did my job. And, um, you stayed professional. I yeah, I, I never <laughs> really got involved in any politics. Well, I'll tell you what. Looking back on the dream season, as it's often called and referred to, of course, it's rather <laughs> surreal, Audrey, because you know what? Mm -hmm. After all these years, I mean, it really does feel like a dream. Like it, It's actually, mm -hmm. I think, more brilliant today than perhaps it was at the time because it literally mm -hmm. just feels like a surreal experience. Um, and then to start another season right where you left off the season before that, it's like a fresh start. Very exciting for the actors, I'm sure. I have to tell you, Audrey, that Patrick coming back to Dallas, I about jumped in the air. Um, <laughs> even though uh, I'm a kid growing up in the 80s, I love the character. And you know what, Audrey? It's one of those interesting acting moments. Having the character of Bobby back, it, it was almost like what it would be like if someone that we love and miss – came back in our lives. It just had this mm. really interesting experience because I've never seen this happen on television before in this manner where you think so a right. character is gone for good, an actor that's popular, and now he's back. And it was just a joyful uh, feeling. I can uh, imagine. But then I guess yes. the writers accomplished what they had set off to do because that's great that that's the way it was perceived. It was unfortunate for John Beck because the character of Mark Grayson returned during the dream season. And I'll never forget the moment he returned and Pamela turned around at the end of an episode. No words were spoken and she fell in his arms and this touching music, Audrey. It was a beautiful mm. moment. I've never yeah. forgotten that moment. It's um, Every time I see it, I get very emotional because she had searched for him for so long and, and there he was. And just a beautiful moment. But... I did okay. want to speak to you about your return to Dallas, and I got very excited, as did so many other viewers. Your Afton's going to be back, and it was kind of near the end of the season. And um, I'll tell you what, Audrey, I wanted to, to ask you, working with Ken again, was it like just uh, picking up where you left off? Oh, absolutely. Uh, but it, the scenes were much more touching, and there was so much more depth to it because Afton had her secrets, and... Uh, she, even as a character, she had matured. So uh, yes. there was just a, a lot more at stake in the character's lives than there was when she uh, left before. Very touching scenes. I, I thought it was like, it was mm -hmm. very intelligent scenes. I, I uh, Because yeah. Cliff, like I discussed earlier, Audrey, and like you did as well, uh, in, the, in this season, he has changed so much. I mean, the fire's not in his belly as much. Uh, he, he, he's not uh, going after Jr. the way that he did, uh, hardly at all, in fact. And mm -hmm. I think that Cliff thought that would impress Afton. But Afton had been burnt so much that it was going to take much more to win her back, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the child aspect, that could that be Cliff's... Uh, daughter and i thought that was a very exciting storyline and then he went on a search 
for you, the, or the character, I should say. When I say you, I'm referring to Afton, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> In case anybody's not sure, I, I do know the difference. But uh, I've enjoyed that story, trying to track down uh, your character. And uh, I wanted to ask you, though, the actor that portrayed Afton's ex-husband, Andrew Pine, yeah. who has, uh-huh. my goodness, folks, he has accomplished a lot in his career. Uh, really a great casting choice. Just wanted to know what it was like working with him in the scenes that you had with him. <laughs> oh, well, you know, the characters were um, not on friendly terms. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think as, he was a bit of a drinker. A- well, the character, for sure. Yeah. I don't know yes. about him, but he seemed like a nice enough guy in person, that's for sure. Um, but when we do these scenes together, we kind of have to uh, play into it. There's not a whole lot of time to get friendly on these sure. um, types of shoots because they're very, you know, a TV schedule is really uh, pretty intense. People don't realize the kind of shooting schedule um uh, we, we have to comply with, and uh, it's you, you, there's not a whole lot of downtime, really. So, I mean, of course, we enjoyed our scenes together, and I think they worked really well. And uh, he was yes. quite an ominous character, so that was fun. <laughs> it was fun. A great casting choice. Uh, gave me mm-hmm. chills, though, Audrey. I'm sure you remember on that cliffhanger of that season that this would be the season where Sue Ellen let uh, J.R. Uh, have it with that film that she made, which I thought was a very exciting storyline, really built up so well by the writers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Cliff got knocked on the head by mm-hmm. Andrew's character. And I just remember the way Cliff fell. It was just very chilling. And I was like, oh, no, we have to see what happens, uh, you know, on the uh, next season, on the premiere episode. Um, well, I did I'm glad want to you say, remember because I'm going to have to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. My mind works in mysterious ways sometimes. So I'll do the things I remember. If something touches me or moves me, I just have a way of remembering it. That's just kind of how I'm wired, so to speak. And, oh, and nice. I wanted to ask you, were you up? Uh, possibly going to stay on to the next season or was it was it known in advance that this was just temporary um yeah i don't remember honestly i see i, I really it don't has remember. been a while i don't i don't recall i mean i did come back so yes you did um, i think it was just uh i think that i mean i knew that we would the character not completely gone so i i sure. didn't know how many would be in the following season but uh, i knew that afton would be back well once again you created wonderful on-screen magic with ken uh when you returned and um i thought you looked absolutely beautiful with the new <laughs> hairstyle and color um <laughs> No doubt about that. And once again, you had that amazing screen presence. And uh, I guess there was just a part of me that was cheering Cliff on that he could uh, win uh, Afton's heart back over. But he didn't follow all of her instructions. So that came to no. back to get him. <laughs> well, I'll tell this you what, though. Fun. It was fun. It was fun. a fun time reminiscing like this because, honestly, Steve, you... Uh, brought back lots of memories that I had completely forgotten about. I'm going to have to pull out my DVD set and start watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. And um, so let's skip uh, forward a few years. Uh, unfortunately, Dallas would eventually be canceled on CBS. And 
I know that the network actually tried very hard, from what I understand, to find a way to keep it on the air. Um, you know, CBS really wanted to keep Dallas, but eventually it ended. And here we have this reunion movie. I mean, the Ewings are back. Afton's back. Your character was a huge yeah. part of that reunion movie. Jr. Yeah. returns. And, and what was that filming experience mm-hmm. like? Oh, that was really that was really a wonderful experience. That was like 1996, right? Correct. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Well, well, it was great for me because I actually my life had changed over the la- the next couple of years, and I had uh, two little boys of my own. And oh, so, wow. Um, running back and rejoining the cast was a lot of fun for me um, on a personal level. And I think the storyline was so clever and that they could have really, really um, expanded upon it. And it, I think it took all the way until 2000, whatever, 13, this, the TNT reboot right. um, to, to bring back the fact that, you know, JR's kids and, and Bobby's kids that, you know, Bobby's son and, you know, uh, and my daughter, they all had their reunion and it really could have, uh, grown into something really special. And the seeds yes. were planted way back in 1996 when we did that reunion movie, the JR returns, but somehow the timing wasn't right. So, and this well, time I think, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It was so cool. Even yes. back then, my daughter was running around with JR's son. <laughs> and here we are, you know, this, the TNT version. It was the same thing. <laughs> yes, yes. You, you are right, Audrey. It, it did plant the seeds, that reunion movie, <laughs> the first reunion movie of three. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, Audrey, watching that movie, JR Returns, I, I really think it's a great Dallas movie. But you know mm-hmm. what? After the way that the show ended, and my goodness, did Jr. really give up the character that never gave up? And to me, that's what yeah. made that so disturbing and, and sad, quite frankly. And then mm-hmm. here he is back. Here he is back. He's mm-hmm. dreaming again. He's plotting again. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I have to tell you, I didn't want it to end. I, I, I wanted the show to be back. And did you mm-hmm. ever hear of CBS uh, hoping that that would happen? You know, I, I didn't, you know, we weren't that, uh, we didn't have a lot of, uh, internet stuff going on in You're way correct. back then. So it was hard to keep up with what was going on, except if you read it in the papers, it sounds so archaic now, but, um, our ways of communicating, uh, were certainly different then. This is true. It's a different time. And Audrey, you, you mm-hmm. brought up a subject I wanted to get your opinion on. And that is, for those of you listening out there that wasn't uh, uh, watching Dallas when it was first on or was too young to remember, it was an event, Audrey. Uh, I remember going, nobody called me between 9 and 10 p.m. on Fridays because Friday I'm not night. answering the phone. <laughs> and don't knock right. on my door. I'm not going to answer it. And every restaurant and every bar, if they wanted to have uh, any business between 9 and 10 on Friday nights, they had to have a TV with Dallas on. And you know that when I did my tours all over the world, it was the same way. It was a different night of the week in different countries. It was exactly the same way. They were usually a year behind, which they were able to keep a secret because we didn't have the Internet, so nobody could tweet <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so they were always saying, oh, don't tell me what happened. We don't want to know. 
how how did it end? The only one that was tough to keep was the Who Shot JR. But <laughs> yes, um, yes. Beyond that, uh, it was really it was an event all over the world, and I even went to some odd places. Uh, there was one year that we did a um, a small group of us were sent uh, on a publicity tour to Israel, and so it was the Dallas the the Ewings. Uh, tour is tour Israel, and we had a week or ten days, and um, just a few of us went, and um, we would be riding in seemingly in the middle of nothing, and there would be a banner that says "Welcome Dallas." So it was just a phenomenon all over the world. I remember being in Morocco. I was doing um, a love boat, and uh, one of the places we stopped was in Morocco, and. Uh, just there <laughs> in a desert with a camel, there was a, a, you know, a sign that said, welcome Dallas. Uh, it was just very, very, uh, it was a, a, an unusual and very special time. And it was, had so much more of an impact because there were less choices for people to watch. And you really became involved with the characters. It was, a, it was very, very special. It sure was. And it remains special to this day. Uh, mm-hmm. Excellent description by you. Thank you. And one thing you did not want to miss if you were watching Dallas back in the 80s, and that is the cliffhanger, because you would have to wait until the fall <laughs> before the mm-hmm. show would return. And nobody did a cliffhanger like Dallas. There's just no doubt about it. And if we skip forward to the return of Dallas, the series this time, on TNT, like you've been talking about, mm-hmm. that had mm-hmm. to be so exciting. Once again, I was jumping up in the air, Audrey, because I was so excited mm-hmm. that Dallas would be back. And um, mm-hmm. when you heard that Dallas was actually returning mm-hmm. and eventually your character, you must have been very uh, happy about that. Well, I was happy, of course. I was excited to be a part of it. And um, I was honestly, um, I think... They just, I, as I said earlier, I just think they could have done so much more with the story that, you know, Jr.'s son and Afton's daughter were together. The, yes. You know, they were rivals uh, in every way, and here they have, they were joined together as family. So I always felt that they kind of missed for the fans of the original show. I think yes. that there were, they just didn't uh, capture that. Uh, the, the same reasons for the feuding. They had all these political yes. and, and industrial espionage types of things, but they didn't really get to the heart of it that would um, appeal to the um, the original fans and mm-hmm. and what they were so uh, what the the original fans wanted. Maybe it would have translated to what new fans wanted as well. Yes. And that's very well said. I I will tell you, Audrey, that watching Dallas on TNT was an interesting experience because on the one hand, some episodes were so good, it just felt like Mm -hmm. the old days, right? But then I will say that there was other episodes where I went, basically what you're describing so well, you know, it just doesn't seem to be hitting that mark. And I was actually surprised at times uh, at the Mm -hmm. direction. I thought that a golden opportunity of J.R.'s son was missed Mm -hmm. and that they should have had his rise to power be the next level of the show. 
And now, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you copycat Larry Hagman. There's only one Larry Hagman. But That's go cool. ahead and, 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 I mean, JR was trying to be like his dad. Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. Let's have John Ross try to be like his dad. And I think mm-hmm. that that was kind of missed, and I think that's unfortunate. You know, I think that they did so many things really well on that uh, on the TNT reboot. I really do. I think the photography was beautiful, and I think that all the younger characters were beautiful to look at, and their acting was wonderful. Um, so I, I just think that it was just um, timing, probably more than anything sure. else. And you're right. The cast did an excellent job. And don't get me wrong. Uh, if anybody's listening out there, I, I love Dallas on TNT. And I certainly <laughs> don't mean to give the impression that I didn't. But I'm just saying from someone who enjoyed the show when it was originally on that, you know, there was some mm-hmm. things that I would have liked to have seen. But I was there each and every episode as well. Um, yeah. And the cast, like you said, was great. And having all of you mm-hmm. back, some of the original cast members, I wish mm-hmm. there would have been more of you. Um, you know, I was surprised at times when Steve was back, uh, as, as Ray, and it just seemed right. like, uh, some of his scenes were so short and I, and then I didn't yeah. understand why it had to be why? so rushed, yeah. you know, I, I, di- I didn't get yeah. that part, but that's just well, how it is. They, yeah. I think maybe they just didn't, uh, know what to do with the new characters, they just, sure. the older characters. They just didn't know how to integrate them into the storylines, which were so complex. Um, it was hard to integrate everyone, but I think all in all, it was a very interesting series, regardless yes. of whether it was about Dallas, you know? Yes. <laughs> so, um, yes, and there were yeah. some great storylines on there, and some episodes were just mm-hmm. absolutely outstanding. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it just brought back so many sentimental emotions, and well done to right. TNT, uh, no doubt about that, and thank you for mm-hmm. bringing it back. Well, Audrey, I want to thank you for your time on the show today, and uh, just a final question. Uh, when you look back on your experience overall on Dallas, what comes to mind today after all of these years? Hmm. Well, I think that it was uh, just a great experience to be part of uh, such an iconic show that was such an important part of pop culture history. Um, so, uh, I think it was just a wonderful experience, and uh, I have nothing but great memories. Well, I want to wish you the absolute best, and I've had a wonderful time. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And I want to thank the listeners out there uh, for listening today with my interview with the um, wonderful and talented Audrey Landers. And my final thought is this. While there's many unforgettable characters on Dallas, the reason behind that is often the actors behind the characters. And my guest today, she is the perfect example. Absolutely unforgettable. Well, thank you to the listeners, and thank you to Audrey Landers. I'll see you on another episode of Hollywood and Beyond. (laughs) Bye.
friend host Stephen Brittingham your comments and questions to Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. That is Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon.